welcome to the Hear It podcast. I'm your host Rebecca Roberts and each week we're going to be speaking to different guests about their take on how to engage a youth audience. I really hope you like it. Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Hear It podcast. Now we're on our last episode talking about parents as influencers and we're also going to extend it this week to talking about teachers as well. We're joined by Amanda Vernals from the Youth Sport Trust. Here's what she had to say. Hi Amanda, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks. Nice to be here. Um, so tell us a bit about your career and how you got to the Youth Sport Trust and what your role is there. So I head up the research and insight team at Youth Sport Trust. So I manage the research, monitoring, uh, evaluation, analysis functions. So um, I suppose unlike most people at Youth Sport Trust, I don't come from an educational or a sporting background, but I've always worked in research and analysis, so across many different organisations. So I started at TSB um, before I then went on and led research teams at Boots the Chemist and then Capital One. But I suppose the link is that I've always been passionate about the power of research and, and evidence to bring about change and improvements in people's lives. So I've always worked for companies that are driven by evidence and that are really strongly mission led. So when the opportunity came up to work for, for Youth Sport Trust in 2019, jumped at the chance because I'd seen the importance of sport and physical education in my life and, and I've got two children and I could really see how um, it had been really impactful in their lives. So to be able to do research in the area is really exciting and really rewarding for me. And we've been talking a little bit about parents as influencers in the past two episodes. And when it comes to being physically active, there's quite a lot to be said about you know parents and, and teachers as role models, isn't there? Oh, completely, definitely. I mean, Obviously, parents are a, a huge influence on their children, and and you can see that coming through in in data. So, if we look at, at sports data, you can see that the more active a parent is, the more likely that the children are going to be to uh, are going to be active. And this has really been highlighted recently. If you look at the latest lockdown research by Sport England, it, it showed that changing activity levels of children really reflected the changing activity levels of their parents. So. Simply, if the parent's doing less activity than usual, the pet, the child was going to be doing less and, and vice versa. We've also seen that how parents feel about sport and how they feel about physical activity, that really strongly influences their children. So if, if your parent enjoys playing sport and doing activity and they feel that they've got that ability and that opportunity to be more active, then their children are likely to be more active. Um, and that that showed out during lockdown. I guess it's about normalising behaviours, isn't it? Around like if you if it's just normal to get sweaty and do an activity and enjoy it, it just becomes a behaviour. I, I remember seeing some research from, I think it was the British Heart Foundation who'd done something, it was about heart disease, but they looked specifically about like eating habits and like, you know, if you've got parents that will eat snacks um, whilst watching TV, their children will. It's kind of like a no-brainer when you think of it in that way, but... Yeah, I mean, you, you, you know, I mean, if you've got, you've got children of your own, you know, you can just see how much your influence and your behaviours and your attitudes do rub off on them. It's an awesome responsibility, you know. You have to, you have to think very carefully about, you know, what what um, what you're mirroring and what what you're demonstrating to your children, um, because that's that's the role model. That's who they're going to see most every day. Um, yeah, and that cuts across everything from from eating habits, from physical activity, from opinions. Um, yeah, right right across the board. So yeah, it's a. I need to eat my snacks more discreetly 
Youth Fortress have just launched some, some new research, haven't you, about what teachers have found with children kind of coming back into school following the stricter lockdown measures. So what did you find from that? Yeah, so it's scary stuff, really. I and mean, we did a, an evidence review um, earlier on in the summer and we'd started to see this picture emerging of growing mental, physical, social well-being issues amongst children. I mean, there's loads of research out there about how... Um, children have been impacted by lockdown and and we know because of the way children's brains are developing um that you know to be to be locked down to be restricted has a, a much bigger impact on children than, than on adults who and adults have actually got more opportunities to um to, to get out of their situation they're less likely to be trapped and they're more likely to be to have resilience built in them to, to be able to react to stuff um so when the schools reopened in September, we were expecting to see some of the issues coming through and we conducted research amongst PE and school leads to understand what they were seeing. And it's it's quite depressing reading, really. So about three quarters of children um, had low levels of physical fitness and around a half the teachers are saying had some form of mental well-being issue. And we know that PE and sport, physical activity can really be used to address these issues. But... At the time when these issues are prevalent, we also saw that, that secondary schools are really struggling to, to deliver PE. So around a quarter of secondary schools were planning to offer less PE. Um, and also teachers felt guidelines were a barrier to offering it um, as effectively as they'd like. So the insight that we've got from this has helped us to start thinking about how we develop resources to support and encourage teachers to to support the students really and to give them some reassurance that they can do things to support children despite these increased restrictions. I know that a lot of people have been campaigning from an adult level about gyms but recently Youth has just put a statement out whilst you know the extracurricular sports stuff has mm. been stopped for children that the in-school stuff doesn't doesn't fall by the wayside because it's such a risk isn't it absolutely I mean it you know this children are at school for a large part of their day so that's the opportunity really to to fit in the the 60 minutes of active you know activity that they they should be doing every day that's what the CMO guidelines say so school's got a really important responsibility but if it's curtailed at school then you would hope that they're getting that activity out of school you know and and at the moment the restrictions mean that they've got less ability to get that um get that activity out of school as well and I think the other thing about restrictions at the moment within school that children aren't even being able to I suppose be active in the normal way that they that they would have been pre-lockdown so walking between classrooms you know for a long time when during full lockdown children weren't going to school they hadn't got that walking to school and back again they hadn't got the playing at lunchtime so there's been lots of sort of more sort of casual um, activity opportunities that just haven't been there and it's really showing through now with the children and their their well-being generally and that their physical activity and and actually a, a lot of a reporting um, having put weight on for instance and, and losing some of those motor skills that they that you take for granted I suppose. Children do spend so much of their time at school and you've also got quite a bit of data that looks at the importance of well-being in schools for parents haven't you? Oh, completely, yeah. So we, we did some research um, amongst parents earlier this year um, to see what they um, valued about um, well-being and the importance that they put on it. And it was encouraging. So given the emphasis that, that everyone puts on league tables, it was refreshing to see that about half of parents felt the well-being of children was more important than academic attainment. 
um, which I think is a, a surprising result given you know the, the narrative that that goes on. And there was also what I thought really interesting, a, a real interest to find out what schools were doing to support their children's well-being. Um, so we know that that parents have really valued spending time being active with their children during lockdown, and we've also seen the benefits of, of activity on their own well-being. So I think there's some real positives coming through from this experience of the last few months. So we know even before lockdown, about four-fifths of parents felt that cuts to PE and sport and break times were likely to have a negative impact on children's well-being. Um, and I think if we were to repeat the study now, we're probably likely to see stronger support that, than ever for that, because I think if anything positive is to come out of our experience over the last few months, it's that, that parents are likely to have a stronger appreciation for, for well-being and, and the value of activity in building children's well-being, because they've, they've seen it for themselves. And, and you know, during lockdown, the government um, prioritised um, getting out for an hour's worth of exercise a day you know so um, I think it's it's it, the time is ripe I suppose at the moment to, to really build on on a parent's uh, interest in sport and and their their um, excitement I suppose about what they've seen that sport can do for them and their, their families. Yeah I mean there is the the growing attainment gap which I suppose is a risk particularly when you layer socioeconomic data but in terms of well-being I think that's the biggest I guess hurdle to kind of tackle and it is really interesting the government put that focus on the well-being of sport it was really refreshing because I think that was the first time we'd really seen the you know the clear advice to make yourself feel better and to be you know physically and mentally well to be active will help that I really hope that that kind of follows through in terms of what schools are challenge to do now uh, yeah exactly and we, we did work amongst children and and they they reported that they wanted that they made them feel better during lockdown and that they wanted to do more and they planned to do more after lockdown and you've got that alongside the parents having seen the benefit from their point of view and I think the nice thing if there's any nice thing about lockdown you know pa- parents were, were, were sort of forced to have that hour a day and they went out with their children they spent time with them so that that whole um so a period of activity became a family activity, not just a sort of an enforced a walk, but time when they could really spend it with their children, enjoying spending time being active together. And you would hope that that's going to carry on. Yeah, and I think if you could speak to any parent that's had to homeschool, I think <laughs> the value place yeah. of being active would be far higher than having to try and teach. Uh, absolutely. A lot of people listening will put together campaigns to target those key influencers whether they're parents or teachers what advice would you give them in terms of from a research perspective how you get that kind of insight to inform the campaigns is there any kind of advice that you'd give yeah so i i've, I've done so my background is in in sort of market and, and user research um and for me, good campaigns always start with a good understanding of the audience. That, that That's where you start. So I'd always advocate research. I would, wouldn't I, uh, to, to get the insight you need. So that there's, there's a lot out there at the moment to, as a starting point to help you identify what the issues are and, and which people are in need of support. So um, for the physical activity stuff that we do, Sport England Research is always a great place to start. There's lots of national and local statistics out there. And there's many great charities out there with, with data on mental and social well-being. Um, so for instance Young Minds and Bernardo's so I'd start with local government stats um, local and, and national research but then I think you can't beat the value of hearing di- directly from those that you want to reach so 
I'd always favour starting with qualitative research and ethnography. Um, as I said, with a background in, in user research, um, spending time living in someone's shoes. So seeing them, hearing about the challenges firsthand and then working with them to develop solutions. So for me, early research is about fact finding. Um, so in the past, I've done things like asking people to keep diaries, sharing anecdotes, talking through real life experiences in great detail to see if you can identify where the pinch points are and where the problem and the opportunity areas are, because it's often the little niggles that you, you only get by really asking them to go through an experience in great detail that you'll then sort of find that one area where you might be able to make a difference. Um, and I think that's where you can start to develop solutions and help develop empathy as well and it enables you to develop empathy because you can really show that you understand and, and you've walked a mile in their shoes and I think once you've done that then it's a case of, of building and, and test test testing those those prototypes those ideas with people um, before you go on to do something more quantitative once you have that idea fully formed. And so there are, are there any campaigns or brands or other charities that you think do a really good job when it comes to engaging young people or, or perhaps the whole family? Yes, there's an enormous amount out there. And I think it's got a lot better over the years. I mean, I, I like what the National Trust does because um, I think they do a really good job at, at engaging parents and the children. So a day at a stately home isn't really the, the easiest sell um, to a child, you know, but um they do a lot of family centric work and um, things that are sort of fun, but also educational. And I think that's the bit that really can appeal to, to parents. You can keep a child occupied, but you also feel that you, you, you're building their educational sort of knowledge at the same time. So I mean, my children are a bit older now, but love the challenge of collecting that 50 things to do before you're 11 and three quarters. It sort of ticked so many boxes, you know, from from the National Trust point of view. It meant that you, you kept going out to, to get to achieve the different things on the list. But the children have that sense of collecting and of building something and of getting stickers. But, you know, but they were also um, busy engaging with nature and, you know, building the kinds of experiences that, that sort of built a childhood, really. So I, I love that campaign. Um, if you think more about the, the activity area that, that I'm involved in, um, Kids Bop um, are a, a family-friendly charity, uh, so a brand, really, that, that provide free resources and videos to get children moving and that you can do that with your family. Um, and there's a new magazine out called Be Sport, um, which I've seen recently, which is is trying to encourage children to be more active and think about trying new sports. But it also means that children have to read at the same time. So um, it's quite parental friendly. Um, and then, you know, I'd be remiss not to mention the, the Youth Sport Trust um, National School Sport Week at Home campaign that, that we ran this year. So. We run it every year in school. So usually it's National School Sport Week for one week, um, but we couldn't obviously do it this year. Um, but we knew children were missing out on their sports days and that families were looking to be more active. We wanted to do something to bring them together. So we, we teamed up with Sky Sport to promote a, like a nationwide week of sport and activity, but not only working with schools and local authorities and partners, but also providing resources directly to parents. And we're able to get you know, huge numbers of parents sign up and, and take part and, and download the resources. And we've got some lovely stories of um, from families who really valued that chance to take part in the school sports day from home. And we were talking a little bit before about podcasts and book recommendations and anything that 
you, particularly of interest at the moment that you think would be worth worth checking out that we should look at? I've been absolutely hooked on the America stuff in the last few days, obviously, and, and the voting now I find, I find it absolutely fascinating. Um, and um, I also um, listen to a, a, a fanalytics podcast that's, that's um, done by someone in my team, actually, um, which is looking um, at how you use data in different ways. And he's got a real passion for football and, and how um, analysis um, can be used to to look at uh, football in, in great detail. Now, I'm not a football fan, but I, I find it absolutely fascinating how um, the data can be used to really analyse a game from a different perspective. So, your fanalytics sounds a good one and obviously you spoke to us got a podcast which is worth checking out well thanks so much for your time today it's been great talking to you and you thank you so that's it for episode nine i really hope you found that useful and a big thanks to amanda for getting involved we're moving on to talk about young people and the youth vote next and next episode we're really lucky to speak with jess blair from civic nation just before the u.s election all about how their work has been focused on increasing the youth vote it's really well worth a listen